this. Well, I haven't, but I brought my big old Bible up here tonight. And uh, I usually read it off my iPad because I can blow it up. Can't blow it up. I got about as big as words as you can get. So it's going to be on and off with glasses. I, you know, I used to hate when guys did that. I thought, you are old and you can't see. And now I'm doing it. So be careful. Young people, be careful what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, I'm old. You're coming there. You'll be there before you know it. Uh, I, met a lot, I met a lot of people. Well, I saw a lot of people on the way in today that, that I'm not that I haven't had an opportunity to really sit across the table with you, and I would love for you to come to Grow Track on, on Sunday morning. It's uh, right after, it starts at 12.45, and uh, it's usually a smaller group. It's a little bit more intimate where we can share our stories with one another, and I would just love to put a, a, fa- a name to your face. So if, if, that's a, if that's something you want to do that Sunday at 12.45, Grow Track, step one. Today I want to look at First Chronicles chapter 20, and uh, it's all about, it's a story of, of this, of this uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, and uh, he was up against a battle. And uh, we've all experienced battles in our lives. Even this morning, we had prayer on Wednesday morning, and uh, even on the prayer sheet, let me read a few of them to you. It said, pray for self-worth and strength to move forward as a single mother. That's a battle, don't you think? Somebody said, please pray for my marriage. My husband didn't come home. Pray for my children who are being affected. That's a battle. Facing big life challenges, unsure of direction. One guy wrote, my wife was diagnosed with inoperable cancer. That's a battle, I'd say. Please pray for my kids. and my, Please pray for me and my kids. I'm struggling deeply. My brother's detoxing from alcohol and drugs abuse is, is really battling. I mean, there's battles. Here's what Paul said before we get into 2, Corinthians, or 2 Chronicles 20. He said, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We, play, we faced conflicts on every side with battles on the outside and fears on the inside. You ever felt like that? Battle, battles on the outside can cause fears on the inside. Like if you have a financial struggle, that's a battle on the outside. The fear on the inside is, well, what if I lose my job? Then I'm really in trouble. The battle on the outside is I got a rebellious teenager. He's talking back, doesn't want to do what he wants to do, not behaving right, whatever. The struggle is, or the, the fear is, the insecurity about parenting. Have I done it right? Did I mess them up? Is it my fault? Yeah, whatever. Battles on the outside, fears on the inside. And Jehoshaphat was in a battle, and we're going to read, I think we're going to read the whole chapter, but it's not going to take long, I promise, I hope. And let's go right from verse one. And he said, and I'm going to stop every now and then. And see, I already took off my glasses one time because I can see this, but when I see, I can't see you and I can't see you very good there either. So it doesn't matter. But it says, after this, and at what was, and if I wear them down like this, I look like grandpa. I'm just going to fight through it. I, I, I am a grandpa. That's right. But yeah, I got to own it. Be quiet. That's disrespectful and dishonoring right there. He says, after this, and well, what, what is it after? They had just had a real spiritual transformation. Jehoshaphat had experienced the, the presence of God personally, and the people of God had, had experienced him collectively. And they were really moving forward in the things of God. They had just had a tremendous victory. And how many know, oftentimes after a victory comes a great battle. So after this, the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Minyanites declared war on Jehoshaphat. And a messenger came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast, ar- a vast 
army from Eden is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. So one of those armies would have been a big deal, but there were three of them that were coming out after Jehoshaphat. This was no small battle. I mean, really, it was an impossible situation. They didn't stand a chance. So I want you to really get that and really understand that this is not just like a little battle, uh, like a front yard brawl. This is like three armies coming against one. One army would have killed them. Three armies, not a chance. This is ultimate destruction, no, no doubt. And they were already at uh, whatever that word is, that, what that, they were 15 miles away. So these three armies were coming against Jehoshaphat and they were only 15 miles away. And, and what would you do if you were outnumbered, if you were uh, overwhelmed, if you were outmatched? You do the same thing Jehoshaphat does. He was terrified, verse three said, but this, by this news. And he begged the Lord for guidance. And he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. And some of you not, don't know what fasting is. It's Fasting is not eating fast. Somebody said, yeah, I fast, I, I fast all the time. I eat real fast for dinner. No, <laughs> fasting is, is abstaining from food for a period of time, either, either completely or partially for a spiritual purpose. And so he called the, the group to fasting and, and they began to pray. And then after they, so the people, verse four, so the people came from the towns of Judah, came from Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. And uh, that's a great thing to do when you're in a battle. Like sometimes we want to we wanna do our own thing. We want to we we push forward in our own way. Sometimes the best thing is just to step back and pray. And Jehoshaphat prayed. Listen to what he prayed in verse 6. O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are a ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. You're powerful and you're mighty. No one can stand against you. How is Jehoshaphat starting his prayers? Praying, declaring who God is. That God, you're, God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. I love how S.M. Lockridge describes God. He says, God, God does not have to call for help. You can't confuse him. You don't, you don't, uh, he doesn't need you and, and, and he doesn't need me. He stands alone in the solitude of himself. He's the gust and he's unique. He's unparalleled and he's unprecedented. He's supreme and he's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem of higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you can call him. He goes on to say his office is manifold and his promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he's undescribable because he's uh, because he's incomprehensible. He's irresistible because he's invincible. You can't get him off your hands and you can't get him off your mind. You can't live with him and you can't live without him. There was nobody before him. There'll be nobody after him. He has no predecessor. He has no successor. You can't impeach him and he's not going to resign. He is God and beside him there is no other. That's what, that's what Jehoshaphat was saying right out the gate. He was declaring the value, the worth, the bigness of his God. He prayed, just reminding himself who God was. Then he went on in verse 7, oh, oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? 
So he started with, God, this is who you are. And then he went on with, God, this is what you've done. Like, I think we need to remind ourselves of what God has done. Uh, we woke up, uh, no, right before we went to bed the other night, we, we, our well, the well pump broke. The, the, uh, what's the thing that you flick on and off? The uh, circuit wouldn't stick, wouldn't pop. And, and have you ever, had, you ever had water, not have water? I mean, it's a pain. Like, it's, I felt like I was camping. It was bad. It wasn't good. And I was mully grubbing, and I was mad. And then I thought about, I don't have water, which is a bad deal. But there's people in Ukraine right now that are fighting for their life. And I'm like, come on, Stan. Like, there's some things that are bigger than other. And, and we need to remember what God has done. We, we need to continually look back to what he's done. We're in a battle, but we've probably been in a battle before this. And we're going to be in a battle after this. And, and we need to remember, and I just begin to think and write down. You know, when I was growing up, I've told you this, I don't need to keep telling you, but I was a modern day Pharisee and I was far from God. I was, in this, I was sitting in right where you're sitting every week, all the time. I was doing the Christian thing, but I was a Pharisee. I was judgmental. I was hypocritical. I was, my attitude was, I'm better than you, therefore I'm right with God. And God got a hold of me, and I recognized my sin, and God saved me from, from that lifestyle, and he called me out of darkness into his marvelous life. I, I remember, I just reflect on when I was in, in elementary school, our family was in a terrible car accident. My mom broke every bone in her face. My brother broke his femur bone. He was in traction for six weeks. They said he'd never walk again. If you were to see my mom today, you wouldn't even know she'd been in a car accident. My brother was the all-star catcher on the baseball team the next spring. It was a battle, but God saw us through. If God saw us through then, he can see us through now. You know, you know when we got that report about Jack, Tyler, and Alex's boy, and they, they just scared the, the cheese out of us with all that was going to be wrong with them. And we're so encouraged by the Lord that that, that boy is healed, and he's whole, and, and he's making strides, and, and God's helping him, and God's encouraging him. And, and I remember when we started Clover Hill, Angie and I, and we didn't know what to do. We still don't know what to do. And God's leading us and God's directing us. And we're just getting on our face before God and say, God, we're not smart enough. We don't know enough. We just want to love people. We just want to connect people to Christ and move them along in their spiritual journey. And God's just helping us and he's, and he's leading us. We feel inadequate and inferior and God empowers us. I, have you ever, I just keep messing up the same thing, the same issue. Oh, and I ought to be further along in my life in particular areas than I am. But God is still patient with us. And, and, and when we first started, we was poor, poor as a church mouse. But God provided for us. Here, again, here's S.M. Lockridge. He can satisfy all your needs and he can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak and he's available for the tempted and tried. He sympathizes and he sees. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leper. He forgives the sinner. He discharges the debtor. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. Because the Lord, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. Jehoshaphat went to God in prayer, and he, he just began to declare, well, who God is. You're awesome. You're amazing. What God has done, you've provided for us before. And then in verse 8, he says, and your people settled here and, and, and built this temple to honor your name. They said, uh, whenever we faced, whenever, golly, 
Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to, to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. What, what is Jehoshaphat doing now? He's standing on the promises of God. He's remembering, God, this is what you said. This is what you declared. And, and I want you, when you go to, in prayer, you need, to, you need to remind God of his promises. God, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said when the enemy comes in like a flood, you're going to raise up a standard against him. God, you said that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God, you said if I'll trust in you with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, if I'll acknowledge you in all my ways, you'll direct my path. God, you said that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and all those who rise up against me shall fall. God, you said that if I'll wait on you, you'll renew my strength like the eagle. I'll mount up with wings. I'll run and not grow weary. I'll walk and not faint. Lord, you've said I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bed. You, you're, you have a battle, you find a promise, and you pray it, and you repeat it, and you remind God of it, and you trust it. So, 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 so Jehoshaphat goes to pray, and I think the idea is when we pray, focus on who God is, be grateful for what God has done, and stand sure on what he's promised to do. And then he goes on, and, and he says, verse 10, and now we see the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir and all they're doing. You would not our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you have given us as an inheritance. Our God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army. But, but, you ever felt like that? Like I'm powerless. And you know what? I think that's the best place to be. I think that's when you're totally dependent on God is where he can do the most. God, we're powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord when, with their little ones and with their wives and the children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jezaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benai, son of Jezel, a Levite who was a descendant of Ashvaz. And listen to me, he has, he has, a, he has a word for the, from the Lord. Jehoshaphat is, is, is sharing God's word, who God is, what God's done, what God's promised. But then a man has a word from the Lord. And, and you know what I want us to do? I want us to start expecting, especially when we come to, on Wednesday night, that somebody's gonna have a word from the Lord. I mean a word of encouragement. I mean a word of exhortation. I mean a word of wisdom. I mean a word of knowledge. I'm not talking about preaching a sermon, but, but you got a rhema word, a word for this, for this time, for this place, for this people, for this season. And, 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 and if you have that word, listen, I want you to be free. We're gonna have some order, but if you wanna come to the front and either discuss it with me or one of the pastors that are down here, and then, and then when it fits in the service, we don't wanna do anything out of order. We wanna be everything to kind of flow and be right and to build and add value to. And, 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 and we're gonna give opportunity for you to share a word if, if, if God's put something on. And now just be warned, we're gonna judge the word. Like just because thus saith the Lord in your mind doesn't mean thus saith the Lord. So I want you to know we're gonna, but that doesn't mean you messed up. We're, we're all vessels of clay. We're all works of flesh. We all, so I'm not discouraging you in that. I'm just saying we're gonna, we're gonna weigh it out and judge it, and, and then we're gonna, and then if it's a word from God, we're gonna rejoice in it. So I've said all that to say this, I want us to flow and move more in the gifts of the Spirit, especially on Wednesday night. I want us to be open to it. I want us to be
receptive to it. And I want Wednesday night to be kind of a, a place where there's safety and, and when there, where there's opportunity to do that without judgment or, or without condemnation. So, so this fellow had a word from the Lord and he stood up and he, and he shared his word. And where was I? Verse 14, the spirit, verse 15. He said, listen, all people of Judah. And I even listened to his word. So uh, like, if you got a word, it's probably not going to be a rebuke. That's not rebuke. If there's a rebuke, it's usually, you look through scripture, it's usually for the leader, for the pastor. If we want words of encouragement, words of, that, listen to this guy. Now, I'm not saying words of rebuke are, are, are wrong because there's obviously all throughout scripture. But again, there's a time and a place for that. I mean, this was a word of encouragement. Don't be discouraged. He said, listen, all you people. Are you getting anything out of this? Man, this is so good. This story is so great. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. I know you're in a battle. Don't be discouraged. Listen, I want this to be a word for you tonight. I know it's written thousands of years ago. You're in a battle. Listen to the word of the Lord today. Don't be discouraged. For the battle is not yours. It's God's. It's God's battle. Tomorrow, we're going to march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz, the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jeril. So he's kind of foretelling what's going to happen. But you, you're not even going to need to fight. Take your positions and stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Clover Hill. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out, go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. You know, sometimes it takes greater faith not to fight than to fight. We, we still have to, there's oftentimes we don't have to fight the battle, but we still have to face the battle. And so Jehoshaphat and his people, they didn't run from the fight. They went to the front lines, but they let God do their fighting for them. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. I want you to, I got, they began, if you're wondering what's going on, I'm not having a Biden moment. <laughs> I probably should have said that. That was really rude. Scratch that from the tape. I was just joking. Just joking. <laughs> if you like Biden, I'm sorry. But he does have moments, you got to admit. A lot of moments. Let's just keep going on. Let's keep going. <laughs> God help us. Now I forgot what I was saying. I'm so red. I'm hot right now. I'm embarrassed. Oh, I was just thinking if I have time to say this, because I really want us to go into worship. But, but... He just began to worship and they began to, to bless the Lord. And let me just tell you, there's seven words in the Hebrew about worship. And I won't take long, but, but they all mean to celebrate. Not all of them. Like in the Hebrew, we just say worship and we think it's just one thing. In the Hebrew, they could say worship and it means multiple things. And it has seven different, it's just like the word love in the Greek. We just think love. No, but there's, there's four or five kinds of love in the Greek. And, and, and some of the definitions of, of worship are to rave or to boast or to celebrate. You know, when, when, when the Ark of the Covenant came in to Israel and David saw it, it represented the presence of God. And the Bible says that he rejoiced so exuberantly that his, that his outer garment fell off. 
And his wife made fun of him and mocked him and said, you're, you're a disgrace to the whole kingdom. You, you have made yourself less than in the people that you're trying to rule. And David said, hey, hey sister, I'm gonna become even more undignified than this. Like this is the presence of God and I'm gonna worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and, and the Bible says that he's a, he became a man after God's own heart. His wife, Micah, became barren. Like she didn't have any kids physically, but I also think she became spiritually barren. She was an observer. David was a participator. David went after God. Micah stood back and watched. David experienced all that God had for him. Micah missed out on all that God wanted to do in her. It's, it's exuberant. It's, it's, it almost, yada means to acknowledge in public. Like you say, well, I'm an introvert. I'm sorry. God wants public worship. Like God wants to worship. You got to use your mouth. You got to use your tongue. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. I mean, there's Barak, means to bless, to bow down, to offer yourself. There's Zamar, it means to make music to the Lord. All these definitions of worship, there's Shabbat, which means to address in a loud tone, to shout, here's what the psalmist said. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. You know what that means? I once was going to hell, but now you've saved me. I once was going to a road of destruction, but now you put me on the right track. Your love is better than life. So I'm gonna glorify you. I'm gonna praise you as long as I live. And I'm gonna lift up my hands to you. There, there's others, there's tada. It means to lift hands in adoration. There's tehila, not tequila, tehila. It means exuberant singing, enthusiastically overflowing. Here, here's what Jehoshaphat and his people did. They began to worship the Lord. They began to love him as prescribed in the Bible. They raised their hands. They, laid, they raised their voice. They got on their instruments. They enthusiastically, unashamedly, passionately, some would even say very emotionally, began to worship God. They did it at the beginning. And we're going to finish this out. Early the next morning, the army on verse 20 of Judah went out to the wilderness of Tekiah. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And after counseling, consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they began to sing and praise God. And the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and all his men went out to gather all the plunder. And they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and valuables. More than anybody could carry. There was so much plunder, it took them three days just to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And it's called the Valley of Blessing today. They praised him before, they praised him during, and listen, at the end, they praised him after. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. And when all the surrounding kingdoms heard 
that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel. The fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. Battles on the outside. Anybody got them? Fears on the inside. What do I do? You pray. You focus on who God is. You be grateful for what God's done. And you stand sure on what God has promised to do. And you praise. You praise while, you wait, while you're waiting. You praise while you're praying. You shout to, Lord, to the Lord all the earth. You worship the Lord with gladness. You come before him with joyful songs. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. You come into his courts with praise. You give him honor and you bless his name. You bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless his holy name. Listen, don't, don't be discouraged by the vast army, by the overwhelming situation. For the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. Take your position. You might have to, you might not have to fight the battle, but you gotta face the battle. Stand still and watch the Lord to bring his victory. And let worship be your weapon. Let worship be your weapon. If you're in a battle tonight, if there's some kind of battle on the outside, if there's fear on the inside, maybe you're not there. I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm not being a naysayer and be more positive. I'm positive. It's coming. You're going to have something in your life that's going to be a struggle. You need to be praising God in the beginning, in the middle, at the end. Blessing Him. Thanking Him. Allowing your worship to be a weapon. Will you stand with me? Lord, we praise you today. Lord, we worship you today. God, I know that tonight that, that people are struggling. There's different things going on. There's challenges. There's issues. Lord, there's difficulties. There's bad reports. There's negative circumstances. But God, greater is he that is in us than he who is in this world. And Lord, we're not going to be passive in our fight. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship you through the battle. We're going to pray through the battle. We're going to believe you through the battle. We're going to let you use us through the battle. In Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord.